This podcast is underwritten in part by One Ascent. If you believe God is the owner, then that makes you a steward. As a steward of God's resources, shouldn't you consider aligning his assets with his principles by investing in companies that bless mankind instead of causing harm? Well, our trusted partner, One Ascent Investments, calls this values-based investing. One Ascent believes that if your values inspire the way you live, they should also inspire the way you invest. Whether you are saving for retirement, putting the kids through college, or transitioning into the next phase of life, Christian investors have the opportunity to direct their investment capital into companies who are positively impacting the world. One Ascent can help you do this through its comprehensive suite of values-aligned investment solutions. To learn more about making a positive impact on the world through your portfolio, please visit investments.oneascent.com or speak with your financial advisor about One Ascent Investments today. Have you ever thought something was difficult so you didn't try to do it? A lot of folks think that about drawing up a budget. Hi, I'm Rob West. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to draft a budget. Like anything, there's a bit of a learning curve, but it gets easier the more you try. I'll talk you through the basics today, and then it's on to your calls at 800-525-7000. That's 800-525-7000. This is MoneyWise. Biblical wisdom for your financial journey. Okay, so we talk a lot about the need for budgeting on this program, and we've developed the amazing MoneyWise app to help you do it. It has three different ways that you can set up your budget and allot money to your various spending categories. Just look for MoneyWise Biblical Finance in your app store. We also have trained volunteer coaches who can't wait to help you draw up your budget and get you set up in the MoneyWise app, and you can connect with a coach at moneywise.org or in the app itself. Now, before we get into the basics of budgeting, it's important to understand that everyone needs to do it, no matter how much or how little they have coming in. There's no other way to stay on top of your spending, get out of debt, give to your maximum potential, and plan for the future. Okay, so let's get started. Step one is list your monthly income. That means your after-tax income. If you're a W-2 employee and your employer withholds taxes, it's the amount of your paycheck. If you have other income where taxes aren't withheld, you should only count about 70% of that and put the rest in savings for tax time. Step two is to list all of your fixed expenses, the things you pay the same amount on every month. That would include your rent or mortgage payment, auto loans and insurance, credit card minimum payments and student loans, and of course, include your giving in this step. Determine a percentage for your giving and do your best to stick to it. Step three, list your variable expenses. These change from month to month. Your electric bill would be an example if you're not on a budget billing plan. Other variable expenses would include groceries, household items, and gas for the car. Obviously, these are just estimates. If you find that difficult, you can go over your receipts and bank statements to ballpark those amounts, and you can adjust them in the months ahead. In fact, plan on adjusting them. Nobody gets estimated variable expenses right the first time. Now, you can add up your variable expense estimates and subtract that from your remaining income. So far, pretty easy. 
Okay, step four is budget some money for your wants. We've already identified your needs. Now give yourself a little spending money for a few things that make life a little easier and more enjoyable. Uh, This could be an occasional dinner out or some other favorite activity. Use these as rewards for staying on budget. And here I'll suggest a percentage. Uh, Try to keep your wants to 5% of your take-home pay. 10% at the very most, because you'll need every penny for what comes next. And step five is budgeting to pay off any consumer debt you have, especially credit cards. You need to determine the amount of your remaining discretionary income that you can put toward that debt. That is above your minimum payments. Let's shoot for another five to 10% of your income. 10% is, of course, better. And now you're probably wondering, hey, why not throw all of my remaining money at that debt? Well, that would be great, but step six is to budget something for savings. And if you have credit card debt, we'll assume you don't have an emergency fund. So start one. Put some amount from every paycheck into liquid savings so you can get to it easily when an unplanned expense arises. You may have to split your remaining available money between paying down debt and building your emergency fund. Uh, try to get between 5 and 10% of your remaining income into each category. Okay, those are the basics for setting up a budget, but there are two more things you should do to increase your chances of staying on it. First, look for ways to cut spending. Can you raise or lower the thermostat to trim your utility bills? Can you cut something from the grocery budget? You may have run out of money before completing step six, and this is how you make sure you have enough money for all of them. Second, set up a system for tracking your spending as you go forward. This is essential for knowing whether you've overspent in one or more areas. Once more, the new MoneyWise app comes to the rescue. It'll tell you in real time exactly what you've spent in each category of your budget so you can make adjustments as needed to stay on track. Living faithfully on a budget will enable you to stay on the right side of Proverbs 21.20, which reads, Precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. All right, your calls are next. I'm Rob West, and we'll be right back. Stay with us. Do you ever feel stressed or anxious about money? If so, that's normal. But you don't have to accept that. You can find peace of mind and financial security. Learn how with the 31-day devotional, Money, Seeking God's Wisdom. You'll find daily questions to reflect on and practical exercises paired with scripture for spiritual and financial growth. Right now, you can request your copy of the Money, Seeking God's Wisdom 31-day devotional with a gift of any amount at moneywise.org. For 30 years, Sound Mind Investing has been helping Christians reach their financial goals with step-by-step guidance for investors at every stage, from those just getting started to those getting ready for retirement. Through scriptural principles and practical suggestions, SMI offers financial wisdom for living well. More information, including a short video webinar on profit and peace of mind, no matter what's happening in the market, is available at soundmindinvesting.org. Welcome back to Money Wise. I'm Rob West. Take your calls and questions. 800-525-7000 is the number to call. Let's head right back to the phones. Cleveland, Tennessee, WMBW. Carol, go right ahead. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, Yesterday, I heard uh, a news thing that said 
well, it was giving advice to churches that this particular newsfeed, anyway, was uh, thinking that we may pretty much be heading towards a, a recession. And so they were advising churches not to take on any large um, construction projects. Yeah. And I, I just wondered if, if that would be true for uh, individuals as well. Would that advice be for, like, for somebody that would be thinking of building a house? Should, is this not a good time to start a project like that? Yeah. Uh, not necessarily, Carol. Uh, we could talk about that. I mean, I think the, the Council for Churches is specifically related to, you know, in times of recession, uh, often what they can see is a decline in giving, because if the average churchgoer is struggling financially, perhaps the job market weakens, or given the, what's happening with inflation, uh, it's just a challenging time economically, uh, often, and it shouldn't be this way, but often giving is one of the first things to go down, and that that hits churches hard. So uh, then it would perhaps cause a church, depending upon their financial condition, uh, to step back and say, maybe this isn't the time to be not only embarking on a construction project, but taking on a lot more overhead expense. Uh, that doesn't necessarily correlate with the average uh, person because, uh, you know, your house is where you live. And so if you've saved properly, you have the <clears throat> the proper capital uh, to put into the construction project, you've um, you know you've uh, got the money set aside to do so, or you're taking on a mortgage that's reasonable uh, that you can cash flow out of your budget, <clears throat> and you have fairly stable, at least to the best of your understanding, fairly stable income, a good job that um, you know is fairly recession proof, and uh, you feel like you know would have some longevity. Or if you're no longer working, you have reliable income sources through Social Security or a pension or retirement plan, then I don't think that necessarily applies because, again, you've done what you need to do to make sure that you can afford the construction, both uh, to get it to completion as well as the ongoing carrying costs, the expenses associated with utilities and property taxes and then debt service if you're going to have a mortgage. So uh, that wouldn't automatically disqualify you, I think, from building in this. Now, some of the factors that are going on right now would be, number one, um, that uh, the costs for both the labor and the, the materials are elevated right now, and that's still left over in part from the pandemic and some of the supply chain constraints. So you've just got to factor that in, in what would likely be what we call a construction to permanent loan, where you'd take a construction loan for the building, and then you'd convert that to a permanent loan, unless you had the cash saved up to do it without financing. But uh, give me your thoughts on all of that, and then let's talk specifically about what you're trying to do. Well, thank you. I'm actually calling on behalf of my son and daughter-in-law, uh, who are are, are have have the the foundation done already, but um, are are not just for a house, but actually kind of a business building a, a, and a combination of things. And so that that's what I, I'm I'm calling for them. And I I'm I you know I don't know all <laughs> all of yeah. their um, background on on how much they they really are prepared to do this, but um, when I heard that yesterday, I thought, hmm, I think I'm going to check into that for them. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. Well, I think the key takeaway here, Carol, is just, yes, uh, you know, we've been in a kind of booming market and economy for quite a long time with low inflation, very low interest rates. And, you know, we've, we've seen quite a bit of a change over the last six or eight months where inflation is now at 40-year highs, interest rates are higher, and the economy is clearly softening. Many folks expect it will be mild and will recover uh, next year. The stock market will probably recover six months before or so the economy fully recovers. But this could be fairly short-lived and fairly mild, even though longer term, I think we have some other challenges we've got to deal with as a country. But anytime you're entering a season like that, it causes you to step back and say, what do I need to do to reduce debt levels, to live well within my means, to just make sure I'm being responsible uh, with God's money and not getting overextended? And that would certainly apply to a big construction project. But I don't think it would automatically say anything needs to stop or change, I think it just might cause them to want to take a look at their situation and make sure they're in a good, strong financial position. So, Carol, I hope that's helpful to you. We appreciate you checking in with us today. God bless you. Uh, Chicago, Illinois, uh, is it Louise? Yes, it is. How are you doing? Great. Go right ahead. I'm doing well, thanks. Okay. All right. My question is this. I have some double E-bonds. I've purchased $10,000 in I-bonds. I have some paper e-bonds that have matured. I know I can go on the website and transfer them over to electronic bonds. Will I be able to then use these to buy an additional $5,000 in i-bonds? No, unfortunately, you won't, Louise. Uh, the only way you can get above 10000 in a calendar year is through a tax refund with paper bonds. Uh, so these um, Series E bonds, regardless of whether they're paper bonds or electronic bonds, can't be converted to additional I-bonds. If you've already purchased the 10000 you can purchase for this calendar year, you would be uh, uh, at your maximum. So these would be able to be converted to electronic series e-bonds or redeemed, but not converted. Okay. And I have one additional quick question. Sure. I have a whole life insurance policy that I'm thinking about cashing in. It has like a $30,000 value. Um, I don't have anybody depending on my salary if I were to pass away. Would I have to pay taxes on that money that if I cash in that policy? You only pay taxes, uh, Louise, on the amount that exceeds the total amount of the premiums that you paid into the policy. So uh, when you get into the amount that is the accumulation for, through interest or, um, you know, whatever growth you experienced in that side, that policy, uh, where it was growing tax deferred, you would pay tax on that portion. But that's only the amount beyond the total amount of the premiums that you paid in over the years that you had it. When I cash it in, they would take and give me that information, correct? Oh, yes. Uh huh. They'll tell you the cash value, and then they'll also give you the breakdown of what portion is a return of premium and which portion is actually the gain. And then that would be taxable to you. Okay. Thank you very much. Great listening right. to you for years. Oh, great, Louise. Well, we appreciate your call today. God bless you very much. Uh, Dawn in New Mexico. Dawn, you're next on the program. Go ahead. Hi. Thank you for taking my call also. Hey, sure. uh, so I've, I've got a 20 year old son who um, recently applied to uh, get an apartment and he had to uh, fill out an application and he was denied because he has no credit. He has a, he thought he'd try on his own because he has a great job with great pay, but that wasn't enough. So he asked me to co-sign for him. 
Um, I have plenty of money. I have great credit, um, but I I was denied for some reason, and they can't tell me why. Hmm. Okay. Uh, let's do this, Dawn. I've got to hit a quick break, but I'd love to weigh in on this. So if you don't mind holding the line, we'll take this quick break, and then when we come back, I'll give you my thoughts on perhaps some of the reasons that that may have occurred. I know that can be frustrating, and so uh, we'll talk about that. Also, when we come back, I'll weigh in on a get-rich-quick mentality. The late Larry Burkett had a lot to say about getting rich quick. I'll share with you some of his thoughts that are just as timely now as when he said them uh, decades ago. Don't go anywhere. We'll see you in a moment. God's Word is packed with life-changing wisdom about your finances. And MoneyWise is here to help you and millions of others learn to be wise stewards. As a nonprofit organization, we rely on help from MoneyWise patrons, supporters of this mission, to help us continue and expand our outreach. Has God provided financial answers for you through this ministry? If so, please consider becoming a monthly MoneyWise patron. Visit MoneyWise.org and click Give on the homepage. How should we as Christians think about investing? What if we could invest our money in a way that aligns with what we believe? At Eventide, we believe it is possible to love God and love our neighbor in the very practice of investing. We design investments for performance and a better world so you can invest for the future with a sense of wholeness and purpose. We call this investing that makes the world rejoice. More information is available at investeventide.com. Welcome back to Money Wise. I'm Rob West. This is the program where the 2300 verses on money and possessions found in God's Word intersect with today's financial decisions and choices. The number to get in on the conversation, 800-525-7000. 800-525-7000. So sit back and enjoy. Let's head uh, back to New Mexico. And uh, Dawn, great to have you on the program today. So you co-signed on your son's apartment application after his was denied for a lack of credit. Your credit score, I believe in my notes here from uh, Gabby T, it says uh, was about 750. And so you're just wondering what went awry. Did you you or your son inquire about the reasons from the landlord on the denial? Yes, both of us. Uh, he said he he got the notification that it was that mine was denied, and so he called the apartment complex. They said we do, we can't tell you anything. We don't know anything. We just know that you were denied. So they gave him the phone number of the third party uh, company that does the credit check. He called. They couldn't tell him anything. So. I went through the same route, called the apartment complex, called the uh, the other company that does it, and neither one of them could give us information as of why. Now, uh, now let me give you a little bit of background. I am okay. newly divorced um, about four months ago, and uh, I don't have a job. I'm retired, but uh, I get money from half of the payment from a sale of the business. So I make plenty of money each month, um, but it's not as, I don't know that it's reported as income. Um, and also I have a, a new credit card with a fairly high credit limit on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Uh, it shouldn't, because as you said, you have a high credit score. Uh, I mean, certainly they're going to they're going to look at all of that, and income is a primary reason why uh, folks will get denied from time to time for uh, any kinds of uh, loans they're seeking, or in this case, an application for uh, rental. Um, the general rule of thumb for how much you should be paying for rent based on these approval processes is generally about thirty percent of your gross income. Now, I would like for you to have that number down lower like 25% of net, but in terms of your qualification or his for this apartment, they generally look at that 30% number of gross income as uh, you know being sufficient. So if that was out of line uh, or if there was bad credit or no credit, that would be the issue. Now, if, if he had the right income and you were using your credit uh, to come in and, and uh, you know bolster his uh, credit worthiness, then it seems like those two things together should have done the trick. I I would encourage you to go back to them and ask for what's called an adverse action letter um, because the Fair Credit Reporting Act and the Equal Credit Opportunity Act both require uh, that if you're denied uh, credit uh, for any reason based on your credit score, that they give you the information as to why that was done. They have to tell you uh, the reasons for the denial. And so I would get them to disclose that so that you have the ability to address it if either the information was incorrect, they misunderstood something, or there's something you can do about it. So uh, I would use that language and just say, listen, because you're denying us rental here based on the information in our credit report, I'd like to know the reasons why. And my understanding from the Equal Credit Opportunity Act is that you have to provide that to me in an adverse action letter. Um, Now, I realize you're counting on the fact that your son has a good job. He just has a lack of credit. But just recognize that even with his best efforts, if he were to lose that job or something were to happen, you need to be ready, willing, and able to step in. And the last thing we'd want is that, you know, to damage the relationship. Now, you may not be concerned about that, and you may be perfectly willing to step in, but just understand the implications of co-signing, you know, are such that it would destroy your credit uh, or could if he is unable to pay and is evicted for some reason. I realize that's a, a dire situation that's not likely to happen, but Uh, You just need to be aware of it. So I think I would go back and push a little harder to see if you can get the specific reasons for the denial so that you can address them if they can be addressed. If not, he just may need to move on to someplace else. I know this is frustrating, though, and um, I appreciate you checking in with us. I'd love to hear the rest of the story if you're able to work it out. But God bless you, Don. Thanks so much for your call today. Uh, To Michigan, Marge, thank you for your patience. Go right ahead. Uh, yes, thank you for your ministry. I really appreciate the helpful information that you share every day. Oh, thank you. I have I have heard uh, a number of advertisements talking about reverse mortgage. Now, I kind of get the gist of what they're doing, but I just need some guidance, and I just want to know what your opinion is. Is this something that a Christian should even consider doing? And if so, why or why not? Yeah, that's a great question, Marge. You know, I'm generally not a fan of funding lifestyle spending uh, with debt. 
to the extent possible. Is it um, a biblical issue? Would you be violating a biblical principle or command? No, I don't think so. I wouldn't see any problem with this biblically. We just want to be wise stewards of God's money. Um, and I recognize, Marge, that it can be a real help uh, to folks who are in that season of life uh, beyond their working years where they're sitting on what is their largest asset that they own with substantial equity, somewhere between 50 and 100 percent of the equity that they have in the property, and perhaps they're short in meeting their daily living expenses because Social Security isn't cutting it, they haven't saved up enough through other means, and so they're looking for an ongoing income source, and a reverse mortgage is a way to tap into that uh, for the rest of your life. Um, you know, the, the uh, downside is they have higher fees than traditional mortgages, uh, so they're costly. Um, if for any reason you don't live in the home for a majority of the year, let's say you had a medical issue, the loan uh, will be called. Uh, the burden of dealing with the loan falls on your heirs if you pass away, and if you choose a payment plan that doesn't last the life of the loan, you can outlive your proceeds, although you can ensure that's not the case by selecting one that does last the rest of your life. Uh, but again, the benefit is you tap into that equity source, that asset, and you could create an income stream that if it solves for the gap that exists between your current income and your monthly needs, and you plan to stay in this home, and you have the ability to keep up with the maintenance and the taxes and the insurance, then it could be a you know, real welcomed source of assistance uh, for you uh, during this season of life. So again, I would say, are there other options? Is there another way to tackle this downsizing, looking to other assets? And if not, well, then this could be a way to go as long as you understand the implications. We appreciate your call. Thanks so much. Well, before we run today, I want to ask you about how you think about money. Do you control how you spend it, save it, and give it? Or does it seem to control you? Well, every day we talk about what the Bible has to say about money and how important it is to have a plan for how we manage it. If you haven't already done so, let me recommend that you check out the free MoneyWise app and let it help you get started on building a plan and working that plan so you control your money rather than it controlling you. You can find links to it on our website at moneywise.org. I'm Rob West. Many thanks to our amazing broadcast team and to you for listening. I hope you'll join us again next time, right here on MoneyWise. MoneyWise is provided by MoneyWise Media and listeners like you.